You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cavaliers podcast. I am Chris Manning, your host from ThroughTheSword.com and The Step Back. Joining me today, he's a reporter and producer at ESPN Cleveland as well as a freelancer. It's Jordan Zerm. Jordan, what's going on? Not too much, man. Um, just out here um, trying to, to figure out this Cavs team and um, also getting real excited for a 9.30 a.m. Browns game on Sunday. I don't. I know this is a Cavs podcast, but who isn't excited for that? <laughs> Kenny Britt? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Kenny Britt is not excited Kenny, for that Kenny, game. That Kenny Britt quote is rivals any LeBron is bored quotes that I've ever seen. Just that quote, just how like annoyed he was to go to London, which I London's a nice city, man. I've been to London twice and it's, I've had fun, but maybe that's just my, my sensibilities and uh, the food is, you can, English food is kind of weird. So maybe like that's it, but man, Kenny Britt just killing it. But um, <laughs> the Browns, I just, I tweeted this. I can't believe people that have to, I mean, like, you're in this group, so I'm kind of curious about this. Like, especially when the Cavs are back and the Indians were so good, it just must be so draining to cover that team and just think about that team a lot. It just seems it just seems exhausting. Yeah, it, it is. Um, and I mean, like, I'm a person that just likes football in general. Like, I like watching, like, film and, like, breaking things down, like how plays worked, what defenses are playing. So, like, I like, I like that aspect of it. So that makes it a little bit easier when I can kind of be like, okay, I'm just kind of doing this to learn and, like, get more insight into, like, how football works. But, yeah, I'm, like, a level of... I have to sit down and watch this game today. It's very much at a point um, where it's – I've just become numb to it. I was telling somebody this the other day. Like I've never had a um, an experience like this with a sports team where I, I'm just so like numb to things that happen now that it just doesn't even – it doesn't even bother me anymore. I'm just like, oh, yeah, of course they jumped off sides on fourth and one. They do this all the time. You know, like it, it's just um, it's a really weird thing to just not have any feeling for a team whatsoever anymore. Yeah, I tr- I'm not a big football guy anymore. I tried two games and I was like, OK, like I, I can do more productive. <laughs> than, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I can I can have better Sundays. But the Cavs right now, a couple games in they're three and two have given up 17 threes each of the last three games, two losses, one win, with the win being a, a comeback win against the very bad Chicago Bulls. Jordan, five games in, what has your just experience watching this team been as compared to last year? How have the new changes sort of impacted what you feel like you're watching on the court on a, on a night-to-night basis? Well, certainly not as aesthetically pleasing um, as it once was when we had, you know, LeBron and Kyrie driving and um, kicking out to a bunch of guys shooting over 40 percent from three. Um, It's been it's been weird to sort of watch them and they've started to take more threes as the season has gone on. Now, they're not they're not making them, but um, they're they're taking more at least than they did in that Boston game. Um, And even um, 
I was I was at the Boston game and I was at the uh, the Magic game where I think the Magic took more threes in the first half than like the Cavs did all game or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, it, which is and, and it's weird because the Cavs are usually that team who are getting up thirty plus threes in a game and by the second half of like LeBron's first season here um, and second season here uh, on his return, it was like it wasn't even something you blinked at anymore when you looked at the three point stats because you were like, yeah, this is that this is what this team is going to do. They're going to have a couple guys who are going to be able to drive and get to the paint, and if something's not open, they're going to kick it out to Jr. Or Channing or Kyle Korver or any of these guys and. Um, it, it's weird to, um, especially when Jr. was coming off the bench those first couple games and when he was like doing more driving and trying to dribble drive than actually taking threes. And he's not hitting threes either. Um, it's just, it's a weird experience to watch this Cavs team shoot mid-range jumpers and only take like seven threes or, you know, like 15 threes in a game. Um it's taken some getting used to, and I, you know, we were talking about this before we we came on, but um, I'm not really sure I like it, <laughs> and I'm yeah. not really sure how it's gonna work going forward. Um, I, I think they're gonna they will continue as the season moves on, and if Jr. Um, stays in the starting lineup and and finds his shot, that they will get back to shooting more threes but I don't think it's going to approach a level that it's been at the past couple seasons and like they've had incredible success um being a a three-point shooting team as most of the good teams in the NBA are right now so um it's it's a weird adjustment and I'm just not sure um how it's going to play out uh over the rest of the season yeah, I think that's a very fair read on it because I, there are things I like about what they've done that are different. I, I really do like getting Kevin Love more involved in in what he's done at the elbows in certain games. It hasn't been consistent, and there hasn't really been a pattern to it other than the, what we expect out of him getting a couple touches early and then kind of intermittently throughout the rest of the game. I love cutting LeBron. That's one of my favorite things because like just trying to stop a 6'8", 250-pound cutter just not doesn't seem easy for opposing defenses and it, and it lets Kevin Love do things that are useful and it lets Derek Rose do things that are useful and the Rose thing is this whole other thing but I, I generally agree with you because it, it's a different style and it's not just anti what the the teams like the Warriors and even the Rap, the Raptors now are shooting more threes and Blake Griffin is shooting six threes a game and all these things it's anti what we know works with LeBron and what has worked with LeBron since he went to Miami and then came back and Kyrie Irving for his for his flaws for just some of the nutty things that have become funny now that he's that he's left and don't have to have people mad at my mentions about it (laughs) like I could imagine yesterday being a Celtics reporter and having the the when he said what he said about the court of Milwaukee I'm like okay um yeah yeah just having to like for a minute be like Kyrie I can't I cannot tell if you're being serious but I think you are (laughs) yeah 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 like okay like I'm kind of glad I'm out of that world but yeah uh, like like watching Jose Calderon play defense against the Magic took probably six months off of my life because just watching him and Kevin Love defend a pick and roll against DJ Augustine and Nick Vucevic shouldn't have been as bad as like it just should have been like like an easy three point attempt for Nick Vucevic or or a shot yeah. at the rim for DJ Augustine and that's it's weird and, and again there are things that I like there are, there are things that I've, I I think the Bulls game in particular had some moments where they they figured some stuff out I thought the Bucks game they did really really well dealing with. Milwaukee's length and, and attacking that and just kind of weathering what Giannis 
brought them to, but like everything else that you're saying, like the lineups are sort of weird. Like there's a lot of lineups where there's not a lot of spacing and some of that's inevitable. Um, I, I think it's really weird that Jeff Green is becoming a bench unit offensive hub. I get just letting him attack, but I don't, I don't know if it's like worth giving him elbow touches when, he, yeah. when he's in with LeBron James. Like that's weird to me. And, and maybe and it is, it's five games. It's a small sample. Rose has missed three games. Which 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 is hilarious in its own right. Yeah. He missed a game is only one game into a new role. There are all these things that are very fluid. Isaiah Thomas won't be back for for months, and and that's maybe the biggest adjustment they'll have to make. And it, it in my mind it certainly is. But a lot of it is weird, and a lot of it's not the most fun thing to watch. You can tell that they are figuring things out, and from really only LeBron has had a perfect start to the year, and even he with the three point events. Has been. I mean, you can you can look at the clips and watch him defend. He's even he is kind of not necessarily closing out on threes earlier to start the year, but he's the only one who's been close to perfect to start the year. Everyone else has had really good games and really good moments, and then some really really abysmal ones. Yeah, I think you know it's interesting as as I was listening, to you kind of chat about um, you know some things they they've started they, they've done well at, and some things they've struggled at. It's like it's this weird thing now when we're we're in year four um, of LeBron's um, second stint with the Cavs, and we sort of know, you know, this team's flaws and how this team treats the regular season, and um, so we kind of like understand that, and so. But to me, there's like this, there's also this this fear of um, you know watching them still struggle to close out on three point shooters, and um, you know like watching Kevin Love, um, got, like Laurie Markkinen in that game against the Bulls in the first quarter, it was like Kevin Love. They oh didn't they didn't tell he was just not even bothering to get around a pick that was set um, for him to, or for Lori to like for Lori to get open. And so he's just like kind of lazily, like getting around it. And then marketing gets the ball and he's like, Oh, right. He can shoot threes. It was just like this weird thing. And it happened multiple times. And then there was one where he put his shoulders down. Like he was like, I don't know what he was doing, but he came around the screen half, like half energy and just put Mm -hmm. his shoulders down and didn't put his arms up to defend the shot. And yeah, just like, what's going on? Kevin, come on, man. Like, this is the one thing you need to know about him. <laughs> so it's like – and then watching them just struggle to to get out on three-pointers on the nets. And, like, that that's really the first time I've seen Ty Lu get, like, legitimately um, upset about it was – post-game of that Nets game where he made that very witty remark about like maybe the Nets want our pick you know like that whole thing like he was he was upset and he specifically mentioned um their lack of of an ability to get out on three-point shooters and just defense as a whole for them um it's this weird mix of trying not to overreact because this is what they've done in the regular season for the past couple years and they usually um are able to kind of turn that around uh, when the playoffs come. But then, you know, when you look at a team like the Warriors, who are the ultimate defensive challenge, um, some of these things that they do and continue to do, like bad transition defense, can't not getting out on three-point shooters, that has kind of been a staple of this Cavs team for the past couple of years, and especially in the regular season. It's a weird balance of trying to not overreact, but in year four, if this is still something that really hasn't changed at all. And, you know, what's what's a little more frustrating now, and like you said, it's it, it, we're only five games in here, but not that the Cavs were going to be, like, all of a sudden 
a defensive juggernaut simply because they acquired Jay Crowder and and a guy like Jeff Green and guys who you can switch and you can who th- should theoretically be better guarding perimeter players than the Cavs have really had the ability to do. It just doesn't really look like all that much has changed on the defensive end, um, at least so far. And that to me is a little bit worrisome because at the very least with some of the new guys that they got, um, you were hoping not, maybe not Wade and certainly not Isaiah Thomas, obviously, but guys like Crowder and green, um, you were hoping that they would be able to make uh, a little bit of an impact as, as, perimeter defenders um and it just they just kind of look like the same kind of Cavs team that is just going to struggle defensively until they decide to turn it on in the playoffs and I don't know that this year that worries me a little bit their flaws worry me a little bit more this season and maybe this goes back to because they don't have the three-point shooting um because Isaiah Thomas when he comes back he's going to be a defensive liability maybe even more than Kyrie was um I think maybe those things worry me a little bit more this season because we know what this Cavs team was when it was playing um the past couple of years um when they could just outshoot teams and and they were scoring you know 110 115 points a game whereas now um you know, you're just not sure, like, offensively what exactly this team is going to be. And if defensively they're kind of going to just be the same thing, um, I don't know. That kind of freaks me out a little bit early on. No, I think that's fair because I, I think Crowder has been fine individually. But if you look at how the team is overall done when teams have moved the ball and then tried to to bomb them like the Magic have, um, like like the Nets did, like the Bulls did with Markkanen and everybody, they're not doing well when the ball gets moved and they have to adjust. And, the, and it seems like they're still figuring that part out. I mean, there's there's instances where Tristan Thompson, everyone from LeBron James on down, really, it's been it's been everybody at one point or the other, even Crowder, who even if he even been in a vacuum the the best one, they're just not going the two extra feet to put a hand up, and. You're also one of the things that I don't really know why we haven't seen it, or if, if maybe this is just something they're they're figuring out as they figure out rotations. Because I think Lou is having to adjust on the fly some of this. Like I think that's that's worth throwing. Like Derrick Rose's injury and and figuring out what to do with Wade has probably thrown some hijinks into what he expected to do. But like we haven't seen free safety LeBron really. Like we've we've seen bits of it where he's roaming way off. He's in the paint. But we're not seeing LeBron like we saw in the Pacer series, where he's flying around and creating chaos. And that, that to me, was the only path where the Cavs were going to get better on defense. Because I think I don't, I never really thought Jeff Green was going to help much in that end. I, I knew Rose was not going to help on that end. I, I don't think yeah. anyone expected Wade to help on that end. So you're basically banking on Kevin Love being confident at center, mind you, and even that's already been kind of thrown out the window. Crowder being a huge piece which I think he can be but I think he needs probably needs the overall support of strong players around him I mean you in Boston he was really good but don't I mean don't forget he had Avery Bradley yeah he had Marcus Smart he had Al Horford who is who is a smart defender who is a good defender he had other like he I mean he had everyone even Isaiah Thomas like for all of his built-in flaws and what he's going to do against the Warriors that guy actually ran around screens and fought through screens in a way Kyrie Irving hasn't you know and like like these are things that we we don't know, and so maybe some of this will get better. And Jr. has been bad too. I mean, I think one of the the two guys that I think, if they were just a little bit better, that some of this would look better, even if it's just a base level line. Is if if Jr. Smith's not going one of eight from three every night, things are probably a little bit better. And if Kevin Love 
is just a, he's had good games, but if he's just more even and is kind of more consistent and is not being totally useless on defense, yeah, then I think yes. some of this just looks better. You know, like I and because I think Corver has been good and I think LeBron has been amazing, but there's just these things that are bringing down the overall LeBronness that should be enough against teams like the Nets and whatnot. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there there have been very um, specifically in that Magic game, um, LeBron and Kevin Love, even though they were getting kind of destroyed defensively by threes, LeBron and Kevin Love on the offensive side of the ball, like developed a pretty nice little two game man for a stretch that was mm-hmm. like as good of a chemistry between those two guys um, as I've seen in a while. And I think, you know, the Cavs ran a fair amount of pick and rolls for LeBron and Kyrie last year. And I think with Kyrie not there anymore, they've um, lose at least been able to focus. And, and you're right how they've done the whole, like, first quarter, Kevin's going to get his touches, and then we're going to, yeah, intermittently <laughs> go back to doing what we've always done where he gets, like, a couple touches in the second and one in the third or whatever it may be. But, um it was interesting to watch him and LeBron run a fair amount of pick and rolls and, you know, Kevin cutting into the lane or popping out or whatever it may be. But he and Kevin really developed some nice chemistry. And I was like pretty excited to at least in a game that didn't have a ton of positives um, that night. I thought that stretch, I think it was kind of like middle of the second quarter, mm-hmm. um, early third. Um, they really had a nice little little touch. And, and Kevin isn't Kevin's not hitting his threes either. So, you know, when you have. Um, Kevin was missing badly on his threes against the Nets. And so I don't really know what's going on with that. And um, between him and JR, yeah, if, if they could both just even regress to the mean a little bit with their three point shot, yeah, I think you're right. Like it's going to, things are going to look a lot better. So, um, I'm I'm happy that that Lou made the switch and and has Jr. back in the starting lineup. Um, it'll kind of be interesting when Rose comes back and they have their like their original kind of set five. Um, you know how how that team looks, and I know something we wanted to touch on was was Wade coming off the bench because his first couple games um, as a starter just did went very poorly, and I remember kind of watching. And not really knowing what Wade was bringing to the table in that starting lineup. Um, And watching him um, coming off the bench with this sort of, especially against the Bulls, um, with this this mindset. Well, I guess the Bulls is the only game he's come off the bench so far because he didn't play against the Nets. But um, with this mindset of... um, being a little more aggressive and and knowing that the offense is kind of quote unquote his for that time that he's kind of out there, um, I thought that that was starting to look like a positive a positive thing because he just looked like a different, more confident guy. Whereas in the starting lineup, it it felt like how I felt watching him, like he didn't really know where to be or kind of like what his exact role was. So I think that. Um, the hope is that he kind of grows into this, the leader of that second unit for the time being. And um, you, you saw it a little bit early on in that Bulls game when he, when he first came, his first in off the bench, when he just seemed to have a more aggressive mindset and he, um, you know, he's, he's coming, bringing the ball down the court and he's driving immediately or he's looking for a shot. So um, I, I hope that the, the weight off the bench thing is going to turn him into um, kind of hopefully what we expected when the Cavs got him um, was a guy that was going to be able to 
you know, use his his veteran craftiness and his ability. He still has the ability to get to that mid range jumper that he loves so much. It just wasn't something that I think was going to work with that with that first unit. And so I don't know how, what you've kind of seen from Wade as as we've um, gotten five games of of LeBron's former and current teammate back on back on the team. He looked so much different to the point where when he was with the starting lineup, I almost forgot he was on the floor in certain points because I was just like, where's Dwayne Wade? Like, I feel like Dwayne Wade should be, I'm used to having him with a ball in his hands or cutting or doing something. And he just didn't look like he knew what to do. And that's a, I mean, that's a problem in itself, because if you're going to get Dwayne Wade and you're going to give him a role, you want him to do Dwayne Wade things. And the... The, the, the only qualm I would have with him coming off the bench is that I do think you don't want him out there just by himself. Like, I, I think you don't want to just give him free sure. reign to just carry the team. Because I don't know in the – I think maybe the regular season it's fine, especially right now while you're figuring things out. Like, I think I think it's fine. But I think when you get to the playoffs and you get to the point where you're trying to cut down your rotation, I wonder I, – I think you have to find someone to pair him with. And I, and I think it's an interesting question on – who that partner would be. I don't know if it's Isaiah Thomas. I don't know if it's Kevin Love. I kind of, I wonder if it's that trio with LeBron kind of anchoring the, the other units because you know, I mean, you just sort of know that the minutes LeBron plays with bench players, just look at Jeff Green's minutes with LeBron and look at his, his numbers with, with LeBron off the floor. There's a huge yeah. difference already, and it's it's jarring. We know LeBron is going to boost guys like even Derrick Rose. He's going to boost Derrick Rose. He's going to boost Jeff Green. He's going to boost everyone on the floor. So maybe it's just you put your three next best offensive creators on the floor together with Corver or I mean maybe play Fry. I guess if you need to, if you really need the spacing and just kind of roll with that. I wonder if that's the solution. But as we look, if we look a little bit further ahead. What do you, what would you what are some pairings you would like to see? What are some things you would like to see Lou do as they kind of play through an easy part of the schedule? Because I, I would note to this too. This is a bad part of the schedule for the Cavs. Like they're playing teams that they should beat. They're teams that at least when the season unwinds, I, I would still expect the Nets to be fairly bad. I would still expect the Magic to be, you know, fairly bad, maybe a little bit better than I thought. The Bulls should be really, really bad. These are not good teams. What would you like to see Lou at least experiment with in the next week or so? Yeah, I, you know, something that I thought you mentioned that was really interesting was, um, you know, Wade and Love kind of playing together um, and, and what that what that might look like, especially, um, you know, when if Kevin's going to go to the bench at, at whatever time in the first quarter um, and you're bringing you're bringing Wade in and those guys in maybe, you know, getting um getting love back in there with him and and seeing seeing what they can do whether it's in the whether it's in the pick and roll whether it's uh, another two man game because i think i think wade is smart enough um you know he may not have the um the skill set uh now that you know obviously that lebron still has like he he's not he's not there anymore at 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 that level of a of a superstar player but he um i think he's just i think he's smart and i think um I think him playing with Kevin would open up some things, um, like you mentioned, spacing-wise, that isn't just going to be kind of Wade trying to dribble drive and pull up, you know, from 15 feet or whatever it may be. So um, I think that would be really interesting. It's going to be interesting with um, when Isaiah Thomas comes back, like you said, in terms of I. The thing with me and, and Derek Rose, I know this is a little bit of an aside from the original question, but I'm just thinking no, about it's related, yeah. Yeah, I just I, thinking about Derek Rose and the type of 
type of player he is. Um, you know, Kyrie was a ball dominant point guard, and some guys, you know, some people didn't even like to refer to him as a point guard. He was a he was a two, in playing the one. But um, Derrick Rose is similar in that way, except that he that he can't shoot threes. So with Kyrie, it was like. It was it was okay that he wasn't really like a quote unquote true point guard playing with LeBron because um, he was still a guy that Le- that LeBron was going to be able to find in the Kyrie did have the ability to kind of drive and kick it out if he wanted to. Now his assist numbers weren't um, weren't high by any means, but like he he could have a game where he had ten assists or he had even seven assists and like. My thing with Derrick Rose is he's not really a guy who's looking to pass when he drives. And now Kyrie really wasn't either. But I feel like Rose is just like once he's gone, once he's made up his mind to go to the hoop, that's it. Like he's not going to give a second thought to anything else. And he he can't shoot threes. And so for me, it's just like something that's going to be really interesting to see when Isaiah Thomas comes back. Like how how Lou kind of manages. Um, yeah, these lineups and these second units, like, is he going to be, is he going to phase IT in where at first he was going to have IT coming off the bench and playing with Wade, or is he immediately going to start IT and then you're going to take Rose, um, to the bench, but then do you, do you want Rose and Wade playing together, which clearly didn't work, um, in the starting lineup. So I think that's a really interesting question. And I just, I know Rose has kind of rediscovered some of his explosiveness and like he still has a unbelievable ability to get to the hoop um when he's healthy and when he looks like he has that explosiveness back which is certainly before this before this ankle injury um so we'll see you know how the rest of the season goes but I just don't know how to feel about Derrick Rose right now especially because he's kind of just doing the things that people were like, yeah, he, he's not going to look to pass once he gets to the hoop. And I was like, yeah, but what about on this team when you have LeBron and Kevin Love and guys who can shoot around him and are, like still he's not going to do that? And it still appears that he's not really going to do that. So I think the dynamic um, in trying to figure out, yeah, what you're going to do with these two point guards, who you're going to play them with, what you're going to do. Um, like like I think you said, I would – I'm intrigued by a kind of like Isaiah Thomas, Kevin Love, Dwayne Wade unit getting some minutes together. Like, I think that's a really interesting pairing. Um, I think Lou is just going to have to figure out how he's going to kind of stagger and balance these minutes. Um, I know that's a little far off down the road, but yeah, like that to me is one of the most intriguing kind of lineup issues that they're going to have once Isaiah Thomas comes back. Rose's for so many reasons is maybe the most fascinating guy in the team to kind of figure out yes. because one immediate day, the way he talked about what he wanted to do was very interesting because it wasn't like, I'm just, it was, yes, I'm going to fit in with this team and be in a winning situation, which is the, 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 the narrative we sort of heard from his agent over the summer. But he's also just like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be me. Like, and I'm not, I'm still Derek Rose. I'm still, this guy that teams need to fear and that is going to do all this stuff. I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess. Yeah. And, and, you know, and then Lou talked about him as a guy who would drive and kick. And you're right, like, he hasn't really done that. And some of the, I'd have to go back and watch some of the possessions and see what lineups he's played in. But, you know, the first game, Corver played seven minutes, and now they're making him part of the rotation, which I, I think makes sense. And, you know, and some of it is he's getting three guys on him because they're, they're leaving Crowder open or something. But he does have to, I think, pass the ball out and stuff but 
there, I don't. I the the weird thing I think about this team that I I don't know exactly how to answer yet because it's five games and you know we haven't seen Isaiah. There are guys in the in the rotation right now that I could see falling out just be by virtue of their skill sets end up overlapping, um, or like they just don't provide enough on one end. We I think it's totally plausible that when the season gets deeper into it, Amon Shumpert falls out of the rotation again because. He just doesn't provide enough on offense, and he's and he's, sure. been, he's been bad on offense start of the year. Um, and I, I also just don't love his fit with really anyone but Isaiah. If you're looking at other guards, I, I just I don't think him and Rose make a lot of sense. I don't think him and Wade make a lot of sense unless he's defending points and not. And that's if he's just defending points, that's one thing. But he's never really shown capable or willing to just isolate himself in that role, like a la DeAndre Liggins almost. You know, like he yep. hasn't done that. And then with Wade and Rose, I almost wonder if they provide if they end up providing the same thing, and that makes me wonder like does Isaiah maybe have to come off the bench to start at least as you figure it out? Like I think that's a really good point you made is you know, maybe you have to bring him in that way because we already we already sort of know Rose and Wade's not going to work, and I think we would have guessed that coming in, but maybe Isaiah coming off the bench with Wade is a way to make that work. But then they're also both guys that really need the ball in their hands and that are com- most comfortable with the ball in their hands. And Isaiah was good off-ball last year in Boston. He, that, that's an offense that had a lot of cutting, a lot of movement, so maybe he can help that, and, and maybe Love helps that too, I guess. But there's just so much about this team that feels more in flux than I would have than we, than we were used to, for one. And two, I thought it would be more enjoyable than this to kind of get into that, but it has sort of been... It's more frustrating to see them play this way and to just kind of if you're hoping to just watch good basketball as people that just want to watch good basketball and, and just watch some progression there's been moments of it but nothing that's that feels super sustainable as of yet yeah and I think I think that's the the worst thing about um the expectations that come along with this with this Cavs team and the expectations that have uh, been there since LeBron came back um is that you you know, you know what the what their ultimate goal is, and you and you know the team that you're um, about ninety nine percent sure you're you're going to be facing as they faced the past three years in the finals is like you you understand that this team is going to take some figuring out, um, but you also I feel like these expectations kind of weigh down on everything they do where. Um, you know, if you start to see some of these lineups aren't really working and or if you start to kind of wonder how um, if the Wade and Rose signings are really going to are really going to put this team to uh, um, another level that you think will do better against the Warriors or whatever it may be. And then waiting on Isaiah Thomas and not knowing if Isaiah Thomas is going to be able to even have kind of that same explosiveness that makes him who he is. Um, I think that's the that's the biggest downside of expectations because you feel like um you're watching these games especially the game um against the bulls and the nets um and you're just like you know come on you know why is this you know why is it so hard to figure out these lineups why is why are we still playing poor defense why is our transition defense still bad all that stuff and um i think having the expectations like kind of exacerbate that where they really kind of pop off the screen and yeah this this team I think more so than any of these past couple years is going to take the most kind of figuring out because at least in these past few years um you you 
you knew what the starting five was going to be and and you'd had kind of that starting five or at least you know Kyrie and Kevin and LeBron together um, and then you know they've kind of figured out the the, the last two pieces but then when they, it became kind of JR and um, Tristan you know you knew what that starting five was going to be and I feel like that at least if you had to kind of tinker with the bench units um, it was at least you had that starting five together and you kind of knew what they were. Whereas this year, it's just been this, they've already had so many lineup changes from Rose getting injured to moving Wade to the bench and then not playing Wade in the second game of a back-to-back and JR being frustrated and then getting back in the starting lineup and still being frustrated. Like I remember um, in that Magic game, he was still coming off the bench. He had a bad game. I mean, everybody had a bad game. And I remember just seeing him sit on the bench. He had a towel over his head and he just like was had his hands over his face and he wasn't, he didn't look up for like five minutes. And JR is such like an emotional player that when he's in a bad spot, he's going to play poorly. Um, And so that's kind of what he's going through right now. And you have to kind of figure out how to get him going again. And Kevin's playing the center. So like, more than any year, I think this is going to take the most figuring out. And that's okay. Um, I just, yeah, for right now, it's not really super fun to watch because they just don't, you know, they're fine. They're figuring out what they are and they're figuring out what works. And they're going to have to go through another adjustment period whenever it is that Isaiah comes back. So this year is going to be a lot of tinkering. Um, and you just kind of hope that by the time that Isaiah is ready, they have at least most of the rest of what they're doing kind of set. And then you can kind of roll through the last few months of the season and kind of get Isaiah in. But yeah, it's not pretty right now. Um, And you're right. Like we were looking at the schedule like, oh man, they got all these cupcake teams coming out. This is going to be great for them as they figure things out. And then the Nets are hitting 17 threes and, you know, the Bulls are playing out of their minds for most of that game until the Cavs decided it was time to start trying again. And it's like, uh, guys, <laughs> you know, like what's going on? Like these are, these are, these are bad teams and they're looking like world beaters. So, um, it's been an interesting start to say the least. Yeah. Jarrah's back, um, would be worth yes. kind of following to because it did seem like that almost kept him out of a game this week and we don't know exactly how bad it is, but maybe that for, for someone that does it for, for being a gunner, he has a very consistent flow in his shot and, and maybe that's part of it too. Uh, we'll wrap it up on this. We've, we've danced around a little bit. The three point defense to me has been the actual thing that we can actually dive into this during this part of the year, because it just feels like it's been three games where they've, they're, the game has been defined by the other team hitting a bunch of threes. And the Nets are a team that, that bombs threes. The the Magic, Nick Vucevic, Nick Vucevic shoots threes now. Markinen, that's what he does. Like, this, this is what these teams are just going to do. 17 threes, three games in a row is bad. <laughs> like, like and, and it's not just shot making. Like, I, I don't think at that point it can just be these teams are making really tough shots. And, and I think Spencer Dinwiddie hit a really tough shot at the end of that Nets game. And that's yeah. all credit to him. But Rondé Hollis Jefferson getting open corner threes, even if he's a bad shooter, is is weird. Um, marketing again, we've talked about Kevin Love in that game. Him getting open threes after open threes, especially in the first half, was bad. Um, there's a site called Cleaning the Glass, which people should go check out. But if you look at the defensive shooting numbers right now, it's not great. <laughs> right, right now, the Cavs are giving up the most three-pointers in the league. At 39.1% of opposing team shots are three-pointers. They're, they're last in non-corners as well at 30.3%. They're 26 in corner threes at 
they're, it hasn't correlated exactly to teams hitting the, the highest percentages. They're 28th in corner three percentage defense, 20th in non-corner, and 25th in all three. So it, they're bad. Like, they're just objectively bad in that part. As you've watched these last three games, do you think it's more anything more than effort? We've danced around this a little bit, but do you think it's anything more than than effort? Yeah, you know, I I would like to think so because I I do think that like def- especially defending the three point line is is especially an effort thing because a lot of times, especially just in that Bulls game when they're you know kind of setting back picks on Kevin Love, like Kevin Love looked genuinely. Um, so maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like to me, like Kevin Love looked genuine, genuinely surprised a couple times that like he was getting hit by a screen, um, which is, <laughs> which again is a weird thing because it's like in the second half when Mark, when they forced kind of marking off the three point line and made him go into the post, like he was bad. He like turned the ball over and he, um, he was losing the ball out of bounds and, um, so to, I don't really understand like what happened with Kevin Love that game, but um, just fighting through a screen harder too is also the second half of that. So even if you're surprised, like, oh, they're actually running a set for this dude. I didn't know they were going to do that. Um, if you're getting hit with a screen, like just like fight through it, and like you'll at least like at least get near the shooter and startle him a little bit, like so he's not just taking wide open threes. So. You know, I guess I'm not 100% sure if it's just kind of an effort thing. I think, like, in the past, we've been shown that, especially for the Cavs, it, it really does kind of just come down to effort. Like, so, sometimes their defensive principles, I think, are are sound, but they're just not making an effort. Like, if someone's open and they're like, ah, oh, damn, I got to run over there, <laughs> you know, they're just in the regular season, they're just like, nah. And yeah, that's kind trying, of... Trying is hard. Trying is trying, really hard for the guys. Trying's hard. They're like, look, guys, we got 78 more of these. Like, I'm not I'm not about to run cross-court on a rotation to cover this guy. So I do think that, that it is really... And I'd say it's, like, probably, like, to me, it's, like, 70%, 80% effort. But then sometimes you do see, like, especially... In this in that Nets game, there was a stretch where it just felt like there were just open Nets shooters, and like I haven't gone back and watched like how those guys got open, but there was obviously some breakdowns in communication or rotations aren't happening, or two calves are going to the same guy. That's happened a couple times where around a pick they haven't communicated, and two calves are going to to one guy, and the other the the guy that's popping off the pick is is wide open. Um, and, you know, again, they had, like we've discussed this whole podcast, they have so many new pieces that, um, you know, the communication obviously isn't going to be as crisp as it needs to be, as it hopefully will be towards the end of the season. And so some of their defensive stuff, I I think, is going to take time. But I really do think, especially for a LeBron-led regular season Cavs team, that that it that it's effort. And I think you you saw that with Kevin trying not really making an effort to get around screens. I think you saw it in the Nets game where guys are kind of half-heartedly trying getting a hand up as they kind of run and not really closing out on shooters. So I really do think that that is an energy and effort thing um, as we've seen in the past and that it will hopefully improve again as they get to the playoffs. But I do wonder if um, this is one of the biggest criticisms I think of the Cavs in the regular season when people point out um, especially defensively is like, okay, are these, are these bad habits that they developed in the regular season? Is that something you can snap your fingers and all of a sudden 
be a good defensive team in the playoffs. And um, I just, I don't, I don't think I 100% ever bought into that because I think they've shown us that they can, of any team, snap their fingers and look completely different. But I do wonder if four years of this um, regular season kind of malaise in terms of especially defensively is is going to take a toll on them at all as they move um, into the playoffs. And, um, you know, I don't know if you buy into that or not, um, but I, I do think after four in the fourth year of watching this now, it, it's more bothersome to me just because it's like, come on, man, like you guys know what happens. You guys know if you don't try, this is exactly what's going to happen. And like, even against teams that are supposedly bad like this is just what's going to happen to you and you guys are going to be frustrated and your coach is going to get mad and like I think I'm at a point now where it frustrates me is because all you guys got to do is put in a little bit of effort and um, these games could look very different I do buy into it more so than I have just because I think if you're looking at how we, we all just assume it's going to be the Warriors coming out of the West I think as long as there's no injuries on that team it's going to be Golden State they're, they're absurd for the Cavs to beat them, just a lot has to go right. And I think a lot of that does come down to having really good habits and being willing to just put in that effort for us for what would probably be a seven-game series. Um, I don't know. I just don't I don't know. And I think we sort of saw this last year. And some of it is just Golden State's absurd, and maybe that's just an unclimbable mountain. But I wonder if like you need to start building those habits. Maybe not right now in October before Thanksgiving, but at some point. And then, you know, it gets complicated because Isaiah has to get back and you have to rehab him and there's all these these factors. But I I do kind of worry about that a little bit. And and having watched the film and in the process of writing about the the three-point defense, some of it is just effort. Like, there's literally have been closeouts where guys are two feet away and just don't finish closing out on somebody. They they maybe put a hand up, they maybe don't, but they don't actually get close enough to the guy to, to make him think about the defender. LeBron, I mean, I mentioned it, I wrote about this in a quick little write-up, but there's there's a play where he, they swing the ball around, Rondé House Jefferson gets the ball in the corner, and even if you don't want to close super hard on House Jefferson because he's just not a shooter, he's going to take the shot, you might as well just make it hard on him, and LeBron stops before he even gets close to him, and he and he admits it, you can see after the play, he taps, he looks at Lou and says, my bad, I you know, I should have done better. But like that little stuff, I think ultimately matters, and I I do wonder if the the the, the lack of effort in some of this does end up hurting down the road. I, I wonder if you, it's it's a habit thing. Um, you know, I'm not an NBA player. I don't know, and I I think this is a subject you'd have a hard time getting a really clear answer on from players in interviews. I think that would be a really difficult like that could be a difficult thing for them to sort of to talk about and and kind of think about. Um, just because it's. It, it, and if for the Cavs, it's like anti what they, what they've been, you know. But I, I think it annoys Lou, and I, and I think it, aside from just his frustration after that Nets game, he doesn't seem like someone who is super comfortable with the the lack of effort all the time. And, and yes, like he he was he's ultimately responsible for a lot of that in in last year and whatnot. But I, I wonder if there's part of him that this like he wants more of that too. And and it's. It's really going to be interesting to see if they can just get better because I mean they're playing the Pelicans on Saturday. If, if the Pelicans hit 15 threes in that game, I'm gonna that that's kind of where my my, uh, <laughs> my line will be. If, like the Pelicans who are playing Tony Allen and you know Boogie shooting threes and Boogie's good at it and they have Jameer Nelson and stuff. Like if if they're bombing the Cavs with threes, like then I think that's kind of where I'll be like okay like this is 
this is something you need to just like actively try to fix immediately because I think it is, I think it is an issue. So, yeah, that's why it was so fascinating to see Lou like genuinely, um, annoyed and frustrated because after the Nets game, cause he's not like that. And he, he very rarely will like show how upset he is after a game. He's like one of the most laid back dudes I think I've ever, um, I've ever seen, especially as a coach, like just an emotionless kind of especially guy on with, the sideline. Especially line. with the media, especially like yes. when he's in front of people, especially when in front of people who are going to ask him questions. He even even when you know like there's something that might be bothering him and you can kind of guess at it, his responses don't always give you like a lot of actual information. Like he he plays things very close to the chest. He's he's like the anti Steve Kerr in that way. Exactly. So, um, like, I do think that was a, a really kind of um, like something that should rightly be talked about was how, you know, was how angry he was after that game. Because I think when if he's showing that emotion to reporters after the game, then, you know, I can only imagine how he was perhaps in the locker room after the game or if he's, you know, if they're doing things in practice and he's like, all right, this is great. And then they get into a game and they're just kind of reverting back to old habits. So I, I think that was really frustrating, but don't look now the Brooklyn Nets, not only are leading the NBA in points per game at 121, which is ridiculous. They're also in the league in three pointers made. And that probably has a lot to do with uh, that last Cavs game. But this, this has just been such a, um, you know, we can kind of, I know we're kind of, kind of closing it but yeah this has just been such a weird <laughs> such a weird year so far because we've watched a couple of these bad teams that the Cavs have played between like the Bulls and the Nets and then you kind of are like looking up some of their statistics right now it's just kind of crazy like to see the the Nets all the way up there at 121 points per game and watching the Bulls hit all these three-pointers and uh it's just like the league is in such a a um kind of like offensively minded crazy place right now that yeah like even Boogie is getting these threes up and like all these big men are out here shooting threes and um Zach Randolph was hitting threes last night um, against the Pelicans. So it's just like, yeah, the NBA is wild, man. It's super wild. And I haven't calculated it since uh, after last night's games. I haven't looked. But before Thursday night's slate of games, the Cavs, the percentage of the three-point percentage they've given up in the losses to the Nets, the Magic, and or the losses to the Nets and the Magic and the win against the Bulls would have been the the second best three-pointing shooting team in the league. And the Magic, percentage-wise, were the best three-point shooting team in the league going into Thursday. Yeah, they they still are. I just popped over to NBA stat stuff. And, yeah, the Atlanta Magic are leading the league shooting 45% for three. So, yeah. um, so that's maybe happening. This is nothing. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. this is, like, nothing and we're, like, wasting our time. But it's 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 really hard to talk about the Cavs. And it's, it's, some of it is just because some of it feels like it's all going to be better. And especially with what's going on in Boston, it, it feels like the most credible threat to the Cavs is, is gone. Right. But there are like, you have to try to talk about something and I'm going to, I've gotten, I'm sure you've got the same thing. People are like, it's useless talking about the Cavs in October. And like Dan Devine from Yahoo is like, like, yeah, I have a job to do. So it's like, so right. like you have to try to parse something here, but it could, this could mean nothing in two months, and I, I think more than anything, we're just kind of waiting for things to, to click into place, and it just feels like that, until that happens, it's just going to look weird, and I, I don't know if there's any other, like, way, until, like, Derrick Rose is on the court for five games in a row, like, it's just going to be weird. Yeah, it's going to be weird, and I, but I, you know, I, I do think it's fair to kind of, like, the things we know that they have not done well in the past and are, are have not done well now this season, you know, I think that is something that's fair to slightly worry about even though you are only kind of five games into the season but um 
yeah, maybe the Orlando Magic will be a, our opponent in the um, Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe that's what's going to happen. <laughs> Look, if the Orlando Magic, <laughs> if the Orlando, I mean, they might make the playoffs at this point, but if they, if they're the the Cavs' opponent in the Eastern Conference Finals, so like something has gone completely Hor- horribly wrong. Like, yeah. like Giannis has been like weirdly traded or like maimed or something, <laughs> and, and then we're just like, okay, like LeBron can take off like two rounds and go like, go like just like Wade can just hang out in a cryo chamber for two weeks until the. Until the finals, if that's the case, like I, I yeah, they'll really just guess. they'll just keep waiting there. Like, hey man, we're, don't come out for two weeks. Yeah, if you wanted the Cavs to try in the playoffs, like like that would be, <laughs> that would be like the ultimate. Like, yeah, we're just gonna like play Jose Calderon and and it'll be it'll be fine. Um, everything's just, fine. Yeah, everything's fine. We're gonna play this guy who really maybe even shouldn't be on the be on the team. <laughs> in October. But uh, Jordan Zerm, just real quick, give everyone a reminder where they can find you online. Yeah, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Clevezerm. That's C L E V E, and then Z I R M. Um, and you can uh, you can find my stuff over at ESPN Cleveland. And then um, just had a piece go up about uh, LeBron's latest um, sneaker uh, for Bleacher Report, uh, which I had a lot of fun writing. So you can find that over there as well. And um, yeah, always look for new stuff on on Bleacher Report, Cleveland Scene, um, Complex, what have you, and uh, I uh, always have stuff uh, popping up over there as well. So, Chris, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. Yeah, always follow him, not just for the Cavs suites, but for Car- for Car- your Carson Wentz watch on Twitter, <laughs> I, if you're a Breath fan. No, I've had, to, I've had to take a step back because um, Carson Wentz is good now, and I've, uh, you know, I, I can't really make fun of him anymore. It's really a void in my life that's happening right now. Because um, <laughs> what do I have if I can't even make fun of Carson Wentz? If, I, if he's going to be good, I truly have nothing. Um, you always have Kyrie saying weird things. That that's kind of, <laughs> that, that is. I think that'll give you something at least. That's a great point. Thank you. You just turned my day around, Chris. Yeah, I appreciate you, that. Ky, like Kyrie apparently didn't know if you didn't know didn't know that the well, you know obviously, but you he, people he may not have known that this court in Milwaukee was not like in the court from the seventies. So like that's that's where we're at in the Kyrie in Boston experience. That is, yeah, and, that is uh, that's stage that's kind of like stage two uh, of Kyrie so far this season is. Uh, as we like when we look back on his season i hope we just do it by like weird things he said in the media this will this will be this will be the second <laughs> the second coming after um i'm a real grown up so he's on a he's had a great start yeah he's it's everything i've ever wanted but uh this has been today's lockdown cast we will be back on sunday uh recapping Cavs pelicans and demarcus cousins probably gonna hit like 15 threes in that game so i um, <laughs> expect nothing to change but for myself for jordan you have a good friday <laughs>